We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to this Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready. I am in Oxford. Neil is in Hoover, Alabama. Lane Kiffin, Matt Corral, Jalen Jones had their... Uh, their day at the Winfrey this afternoon. Plenty of content at rebelgrove.com. We'll rehash some of it here, along with a few other uh, college football items. Dabo Swinney, Deion Sanders making uh, making some headlines here uh, <laughs> around the uh, the college football landscape on this Tuesday. Neil's drinking something there in his hotel room. I don't know what he's I'm got. I'm drinking here. Buffalo Trace over ice. That's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking Buffalo Trace over ice. It's been a day. I still have a story to write. Um, I feel like I've, I feel like I've done real work as a sports writer for the first time in a long time, and I'm, I'm I poured some Buffalo Trace over some ice, so yeah, that's that. what I did. So um, before we do that, I'll tell you about the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. Download the Speed Pass Plus app, use it, take advantage of it, because when you download it, when you use it, you earn points. You earn points. You save money there with all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. Here locally, lunch specials, five sixty nine, two sides, bread, 32-ounce, and more. And uh, Corey Clark at Clark Ford there in Amory, 662-257-1900, Highway 25 South. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy. He will take care of you. No matter where you're at in the car buying process, if you're just kind of looking around, if you're ready to purchase, give Corey a shot. He'll get you a quote within 15 minutes and take care of you there at Clark Ford. And then all of our guests, as always, are on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. They are Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford, also in New Albany. And then don't forget, as we are still very much in the summer, I know we talk about this being the start of the football season. There's still several weeks before football season starts, which means that you can go to Rafters on the Water out there at Sardis and enjoy their frozen margaritas, their frozen daiquiris. Great waterfront views there at Rafters on the Water in Sardis. Um, don't forget, uh, I wanted to tell you that our friends at 7 South Tailgating are back with us after a year of no uh, tailgating. The Grove's going to be open and back to full capacity this fall. The team at 7 South Tailgating is going to be there to serve any tailgating needs you may have. 
Seven Souths, your one-stop shop for all things tailgating at Ole Miss. SevenSouthTailgating.com to uh, submit a request or give them a call directly, 662-321-1682. Kyle has been with us for a very long time. Appreciate him. Um, yep. I mean, like back one of the first two or three probably. From yeah, there. he and uh, Oxford Exxon and Grenada Nissan. Yeah, that's kind of one of the, the the triumvirate there that have hung around for uh, for a while now. So, anyway, um, yeah, you mentioned that, and like I said, you you don't look any worse for wear. You got another story to go, but there is a certain media days in Hoover. There's a couple times a year where you do kind of get into that deal where you write more than you typically write. You kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily. I mean, you can tell me. For sometimes for me, depending on what's going on, it's almost like a little bit of adrenaline. It's almost kind of like a, 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 yeah. a nice thing to occasionally do and go, oh, this is this is what it used to be like back in the day a little bit. I mean, even even for me, when I first started out, you would that, that was just common. You'd go to Hoover and you kind of just sit there and think of angle after angle after angle and you're writing and you're writing and you're writing. I mean, it probably takes you back to your tab days a little bit. A little bit. I wrote a really long notebook on Lane Kiffin. Other people would have taken that. Lane Kiffin interview and turned it into 30 stories or so. Like next Thursday. I don't understand that. So I don't do it that way. Um, I I put a pretty comprehensive notebook up on the site. There's a lot there. It's my favorite part of occasionally when somebody goes, Hey, y'all are clickbait. And we went, okay, we're going to have to explain that one. Cause it might be the absolute most opposite of clickbait. Uh, well, the one I the, the one I love is when they go, well, you guys didn't write nearly as much as they did. And I'm like, well, now hold up. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you just reading headlines or are you reading content? Anyway, long notebook that's up. A lot of Lane Kiffin stuff. I thought Lane was really interesting today. We'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. There's a, there's a Jalen Jones story that's up. There's a Jalen Jones video that's up. I'm working on a Matt Corral story that includes a video that you didn't see anywhere else, not the one from the main room, the one where he was available to Ole Miss writers, and there were only a handful of us here today. Um, so that'll be up probably by the time you hear this podcast. There's a chance it won't be till the morning, but there's a lot of Ole Miss football content up. Um, Smallest then, um, local contingent of any media day that you've been at? Yeah, definitely the smallest local contingent I can remember. Because I haven't been over there since Hughes' last hurrah. So it was just me and Nick Suss. Jake Thompson. Jake, the new guy from the Daily Daily Journal. Michael Katz. Yep, Michael Katz. Um, And Parrish. The lady from the Rebel Walk. No, Parrish wasn't in there because you could only have one from any media. Oh, right, okay. He was just in the main ball. That's right, okay. Yeah, so let's see. Uh, they got Michael Katz, the lady from Rebel Walk, uh, a couple of Jackson, one Jackson TV station, one Tupelo TV station. And then John um, Sokoloff. Yeah, John. Yep. Um, that was it. Okay. Nobody else. Yeah, much smaller crowd than back when he was talking a few weeks before his demise. Yeah, did I say Jake? Jake was there. Yeah, well, I said, but yeah. Yeah. In general, what was – I mean, we'll get into Lane in a second. Got plenty of time. But in general, what was kind of the the vibe today compared to your normal old-time media day? Like, was it – 
is it still because of COVID possibilities? Is it because it's smaller? I mean, was there a different feel to it than there typically is? No, I don't think so. The, the feel is different because there are no fans in the building. So the whole – It's not a circus. <laughs> yeah, the circus of going – and I, I use that word in my notebook. The circus of – because Lane came in, and here's a funny about Lane, okay? Last year, we did Zoom. And most of the year, and I, I know people think I'm crapping on other media. I'm not. I'm just being honest. People, people like behind-the-scenes stuff. Most of the year, the only people who turned their camera on on Zoom were me and Nick Suss and David Johnson. Yeah. And I don't think he knows anybody else. And so he comes in and he sees me and Nick. David wasn't there. There was nobody from uh, 247 that was there. It was just me and Nick. And so he just kind of starts talking to me and Nick because I, <laughs> I think he kind of feels like he, he's though, even though because of the pandemic, we haven't really met each other. Like today, I talked to Lane more off the record, just two human beings talking to one another today than I have ever. Any point in the last 18 months? Ever. Combined. <laughs> Like, hey, I'm a human, you're a human. We, we sort of work around one another. What's up? You know, how, how you doing? It's, he comes in and he starts talking about, is this where this has always been? And I'm like, yeah, this is basically where it's always been. This hotel hasn't changed at all. And he goes, yeah, it, it was what, I guess 12 years. And I said, yeah. And so we were talking about how it was different. And he obviously remembered the whole escalator thing, up and down the escalator and the idiot fans down in the thing. And there were no fans now. They don't let you in. And so that was the different feel. And I think it threw him off because I think he was expecting that. He goes, I guess they didn't, let, they didn't let that happen because of COVID. And I'm like, yeah, they're not letting fans in this year because of, you know, the virus or whatnot. They're going to do it again next year or whatever. And you could just tell he was just kind of taking it in. And Knox was there with him. And um, I don't know. I mean – he was pretty relaxed. He, he was good with us because I asked about vaccinations. I said, I hate to even ask this, but and I got into it. And later he said, I thought you were going to ask me about Plumley. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, so he's so used to a Plumley question right off the bat. Um, he didn't get a Plumley question until like eight and a half, nine minutes in. Actually, he brought up Plumley. And then we were like, yeah, we were going to ask, but we were just kind of waiting. <laughs> he brought it up in the main room too just kind yeah. of passing. so it was just kind of funny really um it's, it's what people don't understand we talked about it a little yesterday but i saw some message board responses like this too he's always going to be better in that small setting in the big room he hates the big room he he, he 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 doesn't like being around that amount of people i mean people were really proud of his opening press conference with, with old miss when he was in the pavilion that day the day he was hired because that's just not what – the smaller the crowd, better, the better Lane Kiffin is. I mean, I completely get why he's really good in the living room. That doesn't mean he's great speaking to an auditorium. The dude's an introvert. He doesn't yeah. like it. He's really introverted. He, um, <laughs> he's just an interesting guy because he has this Twitter persona that he will talk about if you ask him about it. Yeah. And then he has the real him, which is completely different. And I don't doubt that – there were some moments where he was wild and crazy and all that stuff, but I don't think that's his default setting at all. And so it, 
it's really people kept coming up to me after he left the main room and going, what, what was the deal? What, what was that? I'm like, God, no, that's him. I mean, he was funny because someone asked him about in 09, remember Tebow got all the votes but one because somebody voted for Jevin Sneed. And oh, was it Sneed? Was that it was? Sneed. <laughs> and so Kiffin, who was at his first year at Tennessee, he brought his ballot with him so that he could prove that he voted for Tebow. And he talked about that today when he was asked about it. But he was, you could tell he was unprepared for that. That was off the cuff. And he remembered saying that about, yeah, we're going to be singing Rocky Top all night long in the swamp and all that stuff. And he starts doing it. He's, he's just an interesting character. Um, the media love him, man. I mean, they, they were in there packed for him as opposed to um, uh, Stoops earlier in the day, earlier in the afternoon. Um, is the, just a night and day deal. He was real. He was comfortable. He was pretty coach speak in, 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 in the big room, especially for him because he's, he's never a coach speak guy. But I felt like I felt like the amount of people turned him into, I'm just going to answer these questions and get out a little bit. It's kind of the way he come across in the big room. I think that's true. And I think he's learned a little something. I think he talked about how he's changed a lot in 12 years. 12 years ago, I think he played into the character some and, you know, hey, we're going to go to the swamp and blah, blah, blah. And I think now, what's he going to do? Are you going to talk trash? Are you going to be the guy that stands up there and guarantees a win over Alabama? I mean, why? Why would My you do that? Things. The two things I took, and we'll get into actual answers in a minute, but just from the way the mechanism of the press conference works, the things he said in general, the couple of things is he does a great job. And look, do I think, is he calls it rat poison or any of that crap? Do I think that really matters from July into the season? No, I don't. But he hits a such a good middle line here. And I wrote this in the little quick hits of complimenting Alabama, but also not cowering to Alabama because yeah. – you can be stupid and you can get carried away and predict all these things. But then at the same time, a lot of coaches get up there and go, oh, man, it's just an impossible task. And it's like, no, 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 no. we're going to show up. We're going to play and we're attempting to beat them. But we really appreciate and respect the things that they've been able to do for the sport. Maybe more than any coach. And I think it's because he does have that true respect for Nick. But more than any coach, he hits a really good middle tone there where he doesn't do anything overly dumb, and he's realistic. But at the same time, he doesn't ever put his own team on the defensive if they're reading the quotes where, like, oh, well, coach doesn't think we can beat them or whatever. It's, it's, a, it's a really fine line that he hits really well there as far as Alabama is concerned. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was, I was in the – so we had just, for the people who like, like the behind-the-scenes stuff, we met with – he went into the main room at 2.50. We met with him at 2.20 for about – 12, 13 minutes. And so I'd gotten to my seat in the main room and I'd put my headphones in because I was transcribing because I was writing from that. And I was listening, but only partially. And so when the, when the Bryce Young NIL question got asked, for people who don't know, Nick Saban talked to Texas high school coaches today. And he mentioned that Bryce Young, who will be Alabama's starting quarterback this fall, uh, making his first college start, has already accrued almost a million dollars in NIL. And very quick aside, do you buy that? I don't know I that feel I go. Like Nick was exaggerating and recruiting. Yeah, I, I, I think it's overstated, but I think he's. I, I do think he's six figures, Chase. Yeah, sure, I'll buy that. Okay, go ahead. 
Um, because I know about a I know about a couple of deals. Okay. Um, anyway, that got thrown at Lane, and I think it took I think it legitimately took him back. And I thought, uh oh, he's gonna make a mistake and talk about the power of that program. Yeah. And he didn't. He I think he caught himself and he said, Hey, good for him, which is yeah, I mean, absolutely. Listen, I mean, yeah, sure. You and I are capitalists. I mean, good for Bryce Young, whether you love Alabama, hate Alabama, whatever. I mean, good for anybody who can get a you can get a dollar, good for you. Go get the dollar. I'm I'm good. But Lane was careful to go, yeah, I mean, good for him. Wow, that's wow. Okay. But he didn't do that. Well, you know, it is Alabama because that would have gotten used against. No, it was him more of a joke football. on college football. It was like, dude hadn't started a game yet. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. He caught himself, and, and I, then and comes back to it and makes the joke, and he's like, "Well, good. He's good. Then he didn't need to even play this year." Mm-hmm. You know, he was able to like, okay, like kind of found himself a little bit there. Yeah. No, it was not like, oh my God, with the Alabama quarterback, here we go. He's really interesting. He's quick on his feet. I've always thought. I, I mean. I'm, this isn't about me. I'm not. This isn't, I'm not making this about me. I promise. I'm not. I've always thought he would be such a good fit for Ole Miss. And today was one of those days that I was like, man, this guy fits the school he coaches for so well. In much the same way Saban does. I mean, listen. If you don't, I mean, I, I'm familiar with the Alabama program from covering it for as long as I did. You know, and and uh, and all of that. Nick Saban's a perfect fit for Alabama in a way that I don't know that Nick Saban would fit perfectly at even Auburn, for example. He fits so perfectly at Alabama, and it's one of the reasons it's worked. He's a great coach. He would win anywhere, but the fit at Alabama is is hand in glove. When you put on a baseball glove, and you're like, oh yeah, that's great. That's Saban. And I do think that's Lane at Ole Miss. I do. I mean, it's early. We'll see. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll eat it. I, I, I just think he fits the personality so well. And today was kind of more of that. I mean, he, look, he's, he's still in the building process. He talked about this to him feeling like year one because of all the COVID crazy stuff and, and, Bringing in, you know, Kermit Davis said this to me. He brought kids in and signed them that he never met in person because yeah. of COVID. And and Lane talked about that today that he saw kids in the building and he's like, "Yeah, I've never seen you not on a Zoom call." And so, you know, there's there's some of that, but he, I thought he I thought he handled himself really well today. I I, I think he's a natural at that. He's not intimidated. I don't think he loves it, but. Quite frankly, who would love that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've watched I watched Stoops today. I watched Orgeron yesterday. I watched a lot of people. I've watched. I've done this for fifty years now. Feels like nobody really loves it. I mean, you're talking to a bunch of sports writers. Mm-hmm. Who who goes? Hey, great! I get to talk to a room full of sports writers today. Nobody. I. The other thing, too, kind of the overarching thing on Lane, how he fits, Ole Miss in general, I wrote, I guess it was 2018, because it had been freezing 16, Luke's interim in 17. I wrote in 18, and frankly, it might have been one of the nicer things you could say about the program at the time, is that they came to 
I remember maybe it was 19. It was 19. They came to media day just as a football team. They were kind of off probation. They were just sort of – they weren't a sideshow story because of the NCAA or whatever. I thought that this took another step in that thing where – I think I saw it on the message board. I think I saw it on Twitter with the Ole Miss program in general. They took an, an extra kind of elevation here where they came to media day this year as one of the main storylines for nothing but positive reasons and not right. just a football team, but a football team is expected to win a lot of games and go to a bowl game and has one of the top players in the league as their quarterback. I mean, it was, it was the first time in a really long time since 2015, I guess we could say 16, where – Ole Miss came as a story for nothing but positive reasons and actually was a bit of a headlining team when you're circling interesting story, thought-provoking teams on that list of those four days. The Oxford Exxon Podcast is brought to you in part by Game Changer Patch Company. Game Changer Patch Company developed their own custom blend for treating hangovers several years ago to help reduce dehydration, prevent sleep deprivation, and help process alcohol. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink, and the overtime patch is used after you have been drinking and while you sleep. Game Changer patches are based on the science of preventing hangovers to include the highest quality ingredients sourced by the reputable manufacturers in the United States and the U.K. They research the potent ingredients that include enzymes, nutrients, vitamins, and minerals that are effective in protecting your liver and metabolizing alcohol to stop hangovers before they start. They believe in the potency, effectiveness, and the science of Game Changer so much that they patented them. So try them for yourself at GameChangerPatch.com. Enter promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. We're also brought to you by ACS, Automation and Control Systems, LLC, in Baldwin, Mississippi. They're a complete electrical control solutions provider and a Rockwell Automation recognized system integrator. ACS has a full service um, emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel service and panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much more. ACS is a full service AutoCAD services provider and a full service fiber optic cabling solution provider. So if you're in need of custom HMI and SCADA solutions or large horsepower VFD specialist, ACS has you covered. ACSLLCMS.com or 662-601-4381. Football season right around the corner with the Oxford Park Commission. They've added two new age groups to their flag football lineup for the fall. So leagues are open 6 to 14. The cost is $50 per player. OxfordParkCommission.com for more details. And don't forget, fall baseball is going. Uh, the deadline to sign up is July the 25th. The uh, leagues will be ages 6 to 15. The season runs September 15th to October 20th at M-Trade Park. Again, the cost $40 per player. Same thing for fall softball. Uh, girls ages 5 to 12. And again, you can register through July the 25th at OxfordParkCommission.com. Also brought to you by Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate based out of Jackson. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox and B.B. Mitchell are Ole Miss graduates, and they utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. 
To get in touch with those guys, it's Sam and BB at 601-586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. They're handcrafted in Tupelo, Mississippi. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, one size fits one at BlueDeltaJeans.com. There's no reason for you to delay uh, getting your new Blue Delta jeans, so go to their virtual tailor at BlueDeltaJeans.com. You can be measured and design your newest jeans in just a couple of minutes, and Blue Delta will make sure that you're looking great for that first kickoff of football season in September. Podcast listeners can get 10% off your purchase using the code REBELGROVE at BlueDeltaJeans.com or in the Oxford studio. It's a great time of year to get a pair of Blue Delta's cotton genos in the works, so don't miss out. We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles, great lease deals as well at GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry, Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for almost 75 years. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, and more. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. So visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air. It's a name you can trust. With more than a half century of professional HVAC experience in Oxford, Tupelo, and the surrounding area, 662-801-1777 for Comer Heating and Air. And we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel shop. They've got the uh, largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet in Flowood. The College Corner is next to Half Shell. You can also go to the collegecornerstore.com and find them on Facebook and Instagram. You had it right the first time. You when you, you when you said 16, you got it wrong. Um, you got it right on 15. You got it right on 15 because in 15 they were still interesting as a football program. In 16, the NCAA thing had already started. Yeah, I guess that's true. So it's it's 15 pre-Sugar Bowl season. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Pre-Sugar Bowl, Chad Kelly's year they'd come off the Katy perry uh, crowd surfing and funky yeah, sure. that was the last time that Ole miss was relevant at sec media days as a football program yeah until today until today today they're they're, they're very relevant they were the headliner today oh i mean you know when they put i mean, I mean and i'm including georgia there Ole miss was the headliner today you thought from a media standpoint they were more interesting than Georgia today. No, there's no doubt about it. There's more people that stayed around for Ole Miss. Ole Miss went last today in the room. Had that been – I mean, listen, I'm not picking – I like Matt Luke. You know that. Matt's a friend, and, and, and I'm – Yeah, sure. I love his, I love his family, and, and um, I don't think he got a completely fair shake, and everyone knows that. Had that been Matt Luke and Ole Miss today, that room would have been half of what it was. People would have gotten out of there. You know, you go get your work done. It's happy hour. Get a beer. Go back to your room and write. You know, you Georgia was earlier in the day. You're writing all the Kirby Smart stuff. Uh, yeah, you know. they're not hanging around for Stoops or Beamer. No, I mean, they're, no, no, they're not. And they're not hanging. Yeah, but they hung around for for Lane, for for Corral, for Corral. Yeah, and. 
Listen, I tell you what now, there's a video, I'll put it up in a little bit. I'm, I'm trying to save it to put it in the story, but it's available if you, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go read the body language on Matt Corral. That is one confident dude. Yeah, confidence is never really his, his, his problem, is it? Yeah, but it's, but it's a different confidence. Like two years ago with Matt, it was a – and I think Matt would tell you this because today he talked about how he's, he's, he's matured. Is it matured or matured? Uh, matured, I think, but whatever. Okay. Whatever. It's, it's confidence now. It's not cockiness. That's true. It's not, it's, it's not forced bravado. And earlier in Matt's career, I think sometimes there was some bravado to him. Not now. He's very thoughtful. He's clearly a leader. Um, it's, it's I'm trying to think if there's a different word that I could use. There's a certain gravitas to him. There's just a lot of confidence, but it's a very calm. Oh, look, he's charismatic. He, he's. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Everything. He's really grown up. He's a different guy. Boy, you can – listen, I mean, even Jalen Jones was pretty interesting. I mean, Jalen was like, hey, you know, you're getting a lot of questions about the defense. And he goes, yeah, well, you know, we weren't very good. I get it. We're going to be better. And I asked Matt about the defense. And that's in that video. It's a really interesting quote. They're better. They're a lot better. Like, they're, they're working out on their own. There's a chip on their shoulder. There's some edge. I mean, I've said this. I've said this several times in the last month or so doing radio. I catch myself really looking forward to this season because there's so much variance in it. It's so unpredictable. Could go so many different ways, and there are so many games staggered into the season that if it goes a certain way, those Saturdays are going to be those games are going to be headline games on that particular Saturday. It's, it's a real opportunity. And then you throw in Arch Manning in town next week and all that comes with that, and it's a really interesting time. And so I've, I've told you a couple of times, I'm like, hey, man, I mean, I, it's, we're about to have ourselves a football season. I don't know, where, I don't know how it's going to go. We For got, different reasons than we used to go, hey, rest, rest up. Just yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, who knows where it all, where it all goes, but it's pretty interesting. And then, you know, I mean, I, I've talked too long. I'll let you, I'll let you lead into the next thing. It's, there's just, you, you nailed it. They're relevant for the first time in a long time. There were times in the last several years that even those of us who covered them were bored. Yeah, they were I don't even know a good example because whatever. I mean, they were they were Missouri a couple years ago where nobody really had anything bad to say, but there wasn't nothing overly interesting either. They were just fine. Yeah, you know, they you were. out here, the goal for media day schedules is to get people there and then keep them there. That's the goal. Yeah. yeah. So on Monday, Sankey goes and everybody's there for Sankey because especially after he the story drops the morning of, like everybody's gonna show up for 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 the commissioner. Sure. And then it doesn't matter as much on that first day because it's day one, nobody's really leaving. But they put the new coach at the end, which makes sense, Beamer in South Carolina, instead of Ed or Mullen, because neither one of those dudes were going to say jack crap in the middle. And then on Tuesday, they got them there early with Georgia and kept yep. them there with Ole Miss. Put yep. Tennessee and Kentucky in the middle. On Tomorrow, they get them there at 9.05 with Alabama, and they keep them at 2.55 with Jimbo Fisher. 
Yeah. I don't care what's in the middle. It's Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, great. And then on day four, it's really just about keeping them even before getting them there, and they have Auburn to close to keep local media in town. That's exactly it. The schedule, it works exactly those ways. Never let them tell you that it's random. Oh, it's it, not. Come on. It, it, it's so far from random. No, we just drew them out of a hat and threw them yeah, in. No, I mean, they, they did that, and Ole Miss was a headliner today. Ole Miss was an absolute headliner today. In the same way that Alabama and A&M are headliners tomorrow, and then Auburn is they, – they saved one of the local teams. Yeah. With the new coach for uh, – For the end. For day four. Because everybody will stick around for Harson's first media day. I mean, my God. When, and, and, look, tomorrow afternoon will be a circus because there will be people who show up for Michael Leach too. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Clark Lee goes right after Alabama while everybody's riding about the tide. Yeah, they buried them because everyone's going to be scrambling around chasing Saban. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, and I don't – I'll get to Corral in a second. The other thing, my main thought, and I know everybody makes big jokes. I mean, I know we mentioned him yesterday, and I know nobody really cares here. But it especially happened with Corral because I don't even know that that's what happened, but I know that's what happened. In these big settings where you're trying to get some big picture questions done, where you're trying to let an assortment of people ask a bunch of questions, it's a problem when you're giving Bob Holt the microphone as often as you are for him to ask a bunch of Arkansas-centric crap in these press conferences. Well, like, Matt Corral got asked four Arkansas questions today. And all about that one game. It's I joked around that when we got Matt – because we got Matt after that, just us. Yeah. I joked around about the first question being, so about that Arkansas game, and it was. It, we, I, I would never. But, yeah, it's like, come on, man. I mean, and some of I'm it is – I'm kind of tired of the act. Well, and it's that. It's become – and I like Bob. No, he's a nice dude. He is. But it's become a brand. And for what? I don't, I don't know. Because he does it all the time in everything. I mean, he did it in every baseball Hoover press conference in, in May. I mean, you, you, it's not that interesting. And he's not – there's no way he's writing all that. There's no way. No, no, no. I mean, what, what are you doing writing a big story about the, the Ole Miss-Arkansas game from last early October? Yeah, Matt Corral's the SEC Player of the Year candidate. And look, Arkansas intercepted him six times, whatever. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, and Matt gave him one quote about next time I see that defense, it won't be the same. I will tell you this. I, I like Ole Miss minus the points against Arkansas at home. Do you? Um, whatever, whatever that is. You think he's Bob, locked into that one? Bob didn't do the Hogs any favors today. Oh, by keeping bringing it up? Yeah, just over and over and over. I mean, if I'm Sam Pittman watching that in Fayetteville, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I mean, oh. stop, stop talking, you know? I mean – Matt knows he played poorly that day. I mean, he, he, he knows. I mean, he threw six interceptions, and it should have been seven. And, and Arkansas won the football game, fair and square. Matt knows that. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really understand that line of questioning, unless you're just writing for a Arkansas-specific crowd, which feels like a really weird thing to do in July. But, okay. Like, had you asked those questions on the Monday before the game? Okay, great. Yeah, sure. I got it. I got it. For sure. But on July the 20th? Yeah. It kind of felt weird. Um, probably could have been just a touch 
more fit, but I really liked Corral's blazer today, the sport coat. It was a little big. It was big. It was it was a size too big. But he's so fit that it might have been something where he just – I mean, I'd love to have that problem um, just once in my life where I'm getting stuff tailored and yet I, I, I can't quite keep it small enough. You would have rather looked like him today with a little coat that was too big than a coat that perfectly fit you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or to look like 99% of the people in the room. Yeah. But it was it was sharp. I like the the blue kind of check thing he had on. It was it was it, it was good. Um, yeah. He he um he looked. I tell you what. He looks like an NFL quarterback right now. The way he carries himself. The way he's an arch. I mean, he's he's he, he Corral's been busy. He has. He uh, and then he had some really interesting comments there on the message board about um, the whole vaccination thing. I thought he had a very well thought out, thoughtful answer about that. And Ole Miss, by the way, I know there were some questions this morning, some contradictory reporting. Ole Miss is not at the threshold. Correct, yes. So I, I don't really care what anyone else reports. The Chase, and I've been, Chase and I have been doing this a while. and so I'll, I'll, I'll do it this way. When we're both getting the same thing, we don't typically talk to the same people, which is a good thing. When we're both getting the same thing completely independent of one another, I guess there's a possibility that we've missed one here and there, but we don't miss many. They're not there. I don't think they're particularly close. I asked Lane. Lane did not want to get into specifics, which is something that's now becoming kind of a trend around the league, which makes me wonder if there's been a little bit of a talking point. But Matt Corral talked about how yesterday he saw Sankey's tweet and he sent out a message to his teammates about, hey, we got to talk about this. Mm-hmm. But Matt was also very respect, respectful of different people, have different beliefs and, and uh, different families. Every one of these young men have a family. and Families have thoughts. And um, Matt talked about how they need to talk about it and talk about it soon because camp's coming soon. And, you know, Matt is vaccinated. He volunteered that. No one asked him, are you vaccinated? Nick Suss and I had this conversation because we didn't ask Jalen Jones whether he was vaccinated or about vaccination things. And I, I told Nick, I said, in, in one way, I feel like I failed. And in another way, I, I, I feel like I was respectful to Jalen because I don't know that it's really my business unless he volunteers it. Sure. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a hardcore reporter would go, nope, it's a big story and you should ask. But I do respect, maybe this is me being the father of college kids. I do respect these being young people. You mentioned Corral. I mean, yeah, he has he had thoughtful answers. He was incredibly good answering questions about Lane and Levy and play calling and things today. A lot of things along those lines on, I guess, the SEC Now show and all these different things that was going on throughout his media, I guess, car wash, if you will, today. How did you ex- – maybe expect's not the right word, but – when you reflect back, what do you kind of take from where Corral is today to that night in Oxford where he's fighting the entire Mississippi State football team as a true freshman? Are you surprised? No. No, I've always believed in him. I always thought he was a bright kid. I've always thought he had a really – a lot of talent. I've always enjoyed talking to Matt. 
even though was, there were times that it was pretty obvious that Matt did not enjoy talking to us. Yeah. Um, and I don't blame him. I mean, come on, you walk into a room full of sports writers and they're just barraging you with questions. It could get old. I do think he's one of those guys that he's familiar with a handful of faces. And so when it's those faces, he takes his edge off a little and talks to us. He's just grown up. That's what you want college to be, right? I mean, I mean, my daughter that's about to be a junior has grown up a lot in two years since she went to college. I mean, so I don't, it's not that shocking of a thing that, that Matt has. Um, I mean, clearly he blew a fuse that night against Mississippi State and Oxford, and he's but, had – You know, honestly, he kind of endeared himself to teammates and different people, though, that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I mean, like, we're – And then, you know, Chase, he went through that 2019 season. In where... hindsight, he handled that much better than maybe we ever gave him credit for in 19 because that was a weird freaking year. Where you would have been tempted, right, to be like – I mean, let's be real. Yeah. He goes to practice every day and knows I'm the best quarterback on this team. This was my job. I got hurt. They put in the Mississippi kid. He makes a handful of plays against Cal. And then he makes a handful of plays in the fourth quarter of a blowout loss in Tuscaloosa. And this coaching staff's trying to save their job. And so they start in on this Mississippi made, woo, everybody's from Mississippi thing. And I'm from California. And Rich Rodriguez is an idiot. And, and I, I – and, and I know it, and everyone knows it. We're running this antiquated offense that's never going to beat a good SEC team ever, never, ever. And I've completely lost my confidence, and Oregon's calling, and I'm going to go, and I'm just playing out the string. Yeah, he handled that really well. He said all the nice things about John Rice Plumley that year. And he – Because here's the deal. It's not Plumley's fault. No, no, he was a good quarterback. He was a good soldier. And, and Ole Miss's media people, every time – I remember they went to Missouri, and, and the, the media shot was their uniforms right next to each other in the locker room. Like, look at these two quarterbacks. And, oh, the yeah, this is – yeah. He was like, stop. And he handled it really well. And, and then he, and he talked about this today. He got the break of a lifetime. They hired Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy. Yeah. And ever since then, he's – it's really. and then even today, you know, I thought his answer to the Arkansas question was a good one. Because it was like, what are you going to say? Yeah, I threw six interceptions. I had a bad game. They had a good plan. I had a really bad game. They beat us. What do you want me to say? Instead, he said, you know – Coach Kiffin didn't pull me from that game. And after the game, right away, Lane calls him in and goes, hey, there's a reason I didn't pull you. You're the quarterback. And other than the first half of the LSU game, after that game, Matt was really freaking good. Yeah, it was the end of the year, so you don't keep talking about it. But, I mean, we mentioned it the other day, no Elijah, no Jerrion, no Braylon, no whomever against Indiana – played a really freaking solid football game that felt like almost game one for this season as he takes this team and figures out the new identity of him a little bit without Elijah Moore. I went back and watched that game. I saved it on DVR and watched that Outback Bowl recently, kind of getting myself back into football mode a little bit. Matt Corral was really good in that game. That was a good 
I mean, I can say this now because it's over. The defensive coordinator for Indiana is a really good friend of mine, and he's also a hell of a football coach. He's a hell of a football coach. Kane Womack's a hell of a football coach. Kane Womack's going to do really good things at South Alabama. And they had a good plan that day for Ole Miss. Kane did. He did. Kane's a hell of a good football coach. Tom Allen's a hell of a good football coach. I almost didn't have any of their weapons. And that was Casey Kelly and John Rice Plumley and Snoop Connor and Henry Parrish. Yeah, I've got it up right here. Matt Corral, 30 for 44, 342 and two. No interceptions. Uh, receiving. Dontario Drummond, six for 110 and one. Kind of forget he went six, 110 and one in the Outback Bowl. Yeah. Plumley in his first ever game as a slot receiver, five for 73. Casey Kelly, six for 49 and one. Yeah. And then he hit Jaden Jackson four times for 38 yards. I don't even think Jaden's on the team anymore, is he? Yeah, I haven't heard his name once. That was a day that told me so much about Matt, about Lane, about Levy. So that, I mean – they could have thrown a goose egg up and nobody really would have questioned it. No Elijah Moore, no Jerry and Ely, no Braylon Sanders, no Kenny Yaboa. Henry Parrish got 19 touches that day. Yeah. I bet some of them were really pretty too. I bet they were. He got 17 carries, two catches. Chase Rogers got a catch. Yeah. Uh, Lane did bury in that thing today. They're moving Ely around. He admitted that at one point. Today. Yeah, I was hoping we would talk about that. We, we asked about his role, and he said he's healthy, and they're going to move him around. And I asked, and it's still on the message board, I asked uh, Matt about that. And he's like, yeah, one play he's going to be right next to me. One play he's going to be out wide. The Oxford Exxon podcast is brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in Madison, Mississippi. They have clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. At Pinnacle, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle will sit down with you, study your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's Pintrust.com, P-I-N-N Trust.com. Also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. A lot of travel starting to open up now. A lot of uh, sports trips are available. Uh, get in touch with John. You're thinking about doing something here at the last part of the summer. You're thinking about planning a holiday vacation. Now's a great time to get in touch with him. Give him some parameters and a budget. Give him some options. And uh, then sit back. He will give you a... Uh, ton of ideas specific options and no you don't have to live in or near memphis to take advantage of his services 901-494-3387 or send him an email at jedwards at regencytravel.net first time clients can save 50 dollars off their first booked trip just by telling john you heard about regency travel on the podcast we're also brought to you by whitney mcnutt of tommy morgan incorporated realtors serving you for all your real estate needs in oxford and tupelo Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes, 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. And we're brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers. 
From work to lifestyle to nightlife, there's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. Uh, All you have to do is um, know that The Rogue has delivered fine men's clothing for more than 53 years. Their classic style, attention to detail, and commitment to excellent service continues to make The Rogue a very special place to shop. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or at therogue.com. And we're brought to you by Joey Erickson at Heron Gear Chevrolet in Jackson. Let Joey help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevy vehicles or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. Just give Joey a call or a text on his cell at 662-571-2367. Tell him what you're looking for. Stop by 1685 High Street in Jackson to test drive that new or used vehicle you've been wanting and let Joey earn your business. Tell him that you heard about this ad on the Oxford Exxon podcast or the Soft Verbal podcast, and with any purchased vehicle, you'll get a $50 gas card. It's really, the Ely thing's got a chance to be a lot of fun. You Ely's know, got a, Ely, Ely has a chance here to become a really national household name this season. You know, I keep using... Reggie Bush as the comparison. I tell you who's the better comparison. And Elaine had him at Alabama is Kenyon Drake. Hmm. Okay. You know, they use they use Kenyon Drake in the backfield, in the slot. They moved him out a good bit too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they're gonna it was very clear today from talking to Lane and Jeff, I mean Lane and Matt, that they plan to go fast a lot. When they don't go fast, it's simply because he knows the defense can't handle it if they don't if they if they don't get a first down. Someone has to slow down ever. And I took from that that they they have more confidence in their defense, but feel better about it that they're going to go fast more often because they they feel like they can. There's more bodies. There's more depth. You know, Jalen Jones talked about this. It's on the video, on the site, and also on our YouTube channel about how last year, you know, when they had an injury or if they had a COVID thing or whatever, they got thin fast. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, anybody out there in the stands can play corner? Mm-hmm. I mean, there were times last year against Auburn where they had guys at corner that were literally being coached in the seconds leading to the snap. Oh, yeah, pre-snap, yeah. Yeah, and so they're, 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 they're deeper than that now, and I think they're more talented too. I mean, that's so. how it started with Miles Battle. Yeah. I mean, Miles was completely unprepared that day. It was all just raw talent. He's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I think Miles has a chance to be an NFL corner. But uh, you know, like Lane said, you don't just change a position and throw him out there and go, hey, go for it. It's not Little League. Yeah. We're not hearing his name, but Jaden Jackson is still on the team. Yeah. So, I, I tell you, the, I thought maybe the most interesting when you really delve into an answer in the main room with Lane today was when the guy asked him about analytics. And it was kind of a bad question. And the question was weird. But Lane took it from there a little bit. And what I found fascinating is that, yes, he follows the book. And, yes, he wants to know percentages for different situations. But it's it's not a robot. And, and that's what feel is still coaching as much as anything is. And Lane talked about, well, sure, you've got the book. But the book changes by the week because it depends on – 
how do I like my game plan? How do I like a certain matchup? How do I like my defense? He goes, my kicker. He goes, my kicker's good. It's one thing, and my kicker's bad. It's another thing. He said, you have too many coaches who just go, by God, we're the gambler. We're going to go for it on every fourth down. Or the ultra-conservative guys that are always going to kick no matter what. And he said, it's it's numbers. But then beyond numbers, it's momentum and how the game's going and feel and, frankly, the other parts of your team because – Alabama or Ole Miss offensively going for it on fourth and three from their 13 is not the same thing as Vanderbilt going for it fourth and three from their 13. It's a whole different element of this. Right. And it takes all those things combined. So it's where in some ways Lane was kind of being modest because he said, hey, everybody's doing this now. They're catching up. It's not really an advantage. But, yeah, the advantage is that any coach who personally understands the feel and the differences on when to actually implement the numbers, that's a hell of an advantage if you move forward. You know – if if they really win big ever at Ole Miss, Lane does. The really interesting story, and I'm saying this so that I'll be the guy that makes myself go do it. The really interesting story will be to go back to his three years at FAU and dive deep into, okay, I'm off the main stage now. Yeah, I've got my Twitter account, but I'm not, I'm not a big deal right this moment. I think he learned a lot about being a coach in Boca. And he got a chance to experiment a little bit. And I'll tell you, you know, I, I told Kane Womack this. We were talking one day. I don't think Kane would mind me saying it because I think Kane's going to be a power five head coach. I told him getting your first job at South Alabama is going to end up being the best thing that ever happened to you. There won't be but a couple of writers at the games. Won't be a lot of criticism. The fans are – they love the Jags, but they're not rabid. There's no crazy message boards that, like ours, thank God, um, that are evaluating everything you do. And I think as a young coach, you get to take a step back and learn. You have some trial and error. And I think Lane benefited from that a lot. He learned a lot coaching with Saban. And then I think the best thing that ever happened to him was he ends up getting that FAU job instead of going to work for Orgeron at LSU where it would have been back in the microscope and, ooh, going against Kiffin and, I mean, Saban. And Saban, did he fire him? Did he let all that crap? That went away when he got the FAU job and gave him a chance to mature a lot. You talk about Corral. I think Lane, as a coach, got a chance to learn a lot, mature a lot. And I think it comes across in a lot of his answers on a day like today where he, he answers pretty honestly. There's not a lot of coach speak. Everybody says Lane was a lot of coach speak today. I didn't really think so. I mean, on coach speak bait questions, he gave coach speak answers. But on good questions, he gave pretty good answers. And, you know, he, he does coach by feel. And you get that feel when you're at FAU and you coach against FIU and, yeah. and people like that. You know, I mean, the national media is not watching that game. Yeah. There's no you know, pressure. Take your shot. It's yeah, I mean, the, the, you want to win, and the kids that are on your team, that's their team, and they want to win. And the people that are FAU fans, they want to win. I, I'm, not, I'm not knocking that. But, you know, FAU.rivals.com is not quite as big of a deal as VolQuest. Yeah, sure. Where everybody's, you know, crucifying you for a bad decision. And yeah, It's not leading Sports Center if you screw up. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't even notice. You know, and so you get a chance to, to learn a lot. And I just think he's – I think he's learned a lot. I, 
I was pretty impressed with him today. He didn't, he didn't like the weight loss questions in a public forum. I'll tell you this, and then I'll leave it alone. I'm not going to go into it. I asked him in a private forum, and he gave me a completely different answer about weight loss that was very thoughtful. And, and Why do you think he didn't like it? Because he did. He kind of like – not snapped. I mean, he's fine, but he didn't want to elaborate. Eh, because I think in a – you know, I mean, some of it is a guy thing. Like, guys don't typically walk up to other guys and go, gosh, you look great. How'd you do it? Yeah. You know, we make fun of each other. We call each other fat ass and ugly. And, <laughs> you know, we're totally different. Like, girls go up to each other. And even though a girl is, like, borderline obese, a girl will walk up to another girl and go, you look great. Yeah. You look, oh, my goodness, you're beautiful. And then as soon as they turn around, they're like, oh, my God, she's gained 30 pounds. She looks like shit. Guys are completely the opposite. We'll walk up to a guy who clearly has lost a bunch of weight and be like, hey, you got, you got cancer? What's wrong with you? And then later, <laughs> later tell a friend, like, man, did you see Joe? I mean, he looks great. That dude's lost a ton of weight. I wonder what he did. It's, I think it's some of that. And then I just think it's, he, that's personal to him. Yeah. I asked the question privately and got a private answer. Well, I mean, nobody likes when they gain weight. He didn't appreciate or do it on purpose. I mean, it wasn't like he went, hey, you know what? I'm going to leave my way. I looked at Alabama or Tennessee, and I'm going to gain 30 pounds. I mean, no, he's – and he's – Well, yeah, what, and what motivated him was he saw a picture of himself when he was coaching at Tennessee, and he was like, oh, my God. And then he talked about how – I will say this. He said he looked at some of his pictures from last year, and he says it looks like he's a snake who just ate something. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's lost 40 pounds. I mean, he, 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 he looks super fit. I, credit where credit's due. I was like, I, I was asking for personal reasons. Like, what'd you do? He, he looks like Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he looks like what you anticipate Lane Kiffin looking like. I mean, that, that yeah. well, because I wrote on the board. I mean, he made the, and I don't think it was a joke. I mean, he had to like borrow a suit from Sexton 18 months ago. Which was probably a because Jimmy's a little bit bigger. Well, than yeah, that. duh. I mean, he obviously but, yeah, but he borrowed it. He had to borrow a suit somewhere. His point was that the one he had from three years ago no longer fit. Was the point? No, no, no. He yeah. would not. The day that he took the Ole Miss job, he would not have been able to fit into the suit he was wearing today. No, no way. No way. No chance. He would have busted seams. Yeah, he was sharp today. He's always sharp. Oh yeah, I mean he. He's got a good fashion sense, no doubt. He looked like he was an SEC football coach or he was running for governor today, one or the other. He was he was Yeah, he looked more SEC football coach than governor. You think so? Yeah, if you think about it, politicians don't typically dress all that well. They often look kind of frumpy. Well, their their coats don't fit. Yeah, they're very they wear very boxy. Yeah. They wear like the old school wide tie kind of like. Yeah. You know, like George W. Bush could look pretty good in a suit. Obama could look good in a suit. Like, Trump doesn't look good in a suit. Biden, I don't know. Biden, eh, not very good in a suit. Even Clinton never wore very good-looking suits. He always, his suits, because I think Clinton's weight fluctuated so much that he never could quite get his suit right. That was also a really bad time in history from a fashion sense standpoint. That's a good point. I mean, the suits from back then, I mean, because I, I, mean, I don't have a couple like, necessarily that I wear, but, I mean, even the ties that I own during that time period are not the ties I would pull out the closet today if we got to throw one on for something. 
That would be interesting to go back and look at like a Reagan suit or a Carter suit or a like Gerald really back in the day. Yeah, a Gerald Ford suit and think about what the suits were. Well, we've come back to that a little bit. We wear skinnier ties. We wear things a little more fit. In a lot yeah. of ways, we've actually gone back to that period. So yeah, we're away from the '90s, 2000-ish era suit. I wore my Blue Delta jeans today. Those fit. One of the great things about Blue Delta jeans fit jeans is when you put them on and they fit, you're like, yes. You really have been proud of that, haven't you? Sure. I mean, I get it. I go run my hills in the neighborhood so I can make sure. So, did Dion do that today because he's a complete and utter prima donna, or did he do that to try to make a headline in any way? No. So, here's what happened. I assumed you had a little inside scoop. Yeah. They signed a transfer who literally today was pleading not guilty to a felony in court. Oh, and we well, played not guilty though, right? Played not guilty. Okay, well then, hey, it's cool. Go ahead. But Sanders knew that question was coming, and apparently was trying to head it off at the pass. So that's what Sus was on there to ask. And so he says to Susk, "You know, call me coach, call me coach Prime, or call me coach, or whatever." And Nick did the right thing. Fans don't understand this. This is this is this is a weird little sports writer deal that it's an odd quirk. Yeah. I mean odd quirk. Like I would never call Lane Kiffin Coach Kiffin. I would call him Mr. Kiffin before I'd call him Coach Kiffin. He's not my coach. I I don't play for him. He's not going to call me sports writer McCready or journalist McCready. So I call him Lane because that's his name. He calls me Neil because that's my name. I'm all, and I'm good with that. But when Sanders did that today to Nick, Nick could either become Dion's bitch right there or he could answer or he could say, no, I'm not doing that. And so he told him, I'm not calling you that. You're not my coach. Did he say that or did he just say it again when he asked the next question? I think he said it and then he said it again. And, and, and Nick would admit that the third time that he said Dion, that he was poking the bear. Okay. So he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it goes viral. That happened in the morning and it goes viral in the afternoon, like during Ole Miss's appearance. <laughs> and so it's going crazy. And I'm sitting in the room in the, in the uh, Winfrey with, with the other Ole Miss riders waiting for Jalen Jones and Matt Corral and, so I take the picture of Sus and tweet it at Deion Sanders. <laughs> Which is me just trolling everyone. So. so after he does it again, Dion just walks off. Yeah, storms off. He look, he's recruiting and he's getting some transfers and doing some stuff, but I mean he's in over his head from a coaching standpoint, even in the swag. I mean, it just he is, and that, that sports information department did him no favors today. I mean, they should have said, hey, coach, this question's coming. You, you need to answer it. Have an answer. I mean, if you're taking – But you know that sports information director at Jackson State, even if he was freaking Grantland Rice, is not telling Dion what to do and Dion listening. No, he's totally intimidated by Dion. <laughs> there – 
I mean, my Jackson State hat's around here somewhere. Let me find it. But, I mean, they oh, – You're the big fan. They're almost becoming kind of fun to root against just because watching him kind of blow up and screw it up down there. Well, I mean, if Mike Bianco says to you, call me Coach B, <laughs> you say no. I'll call you five. Say you like that. We'll do that. <laughs> um, I mean, you call him Mike. You know, I mean, if Kermit says to me, call me Coach Davis – I mean, my first question would be, but why? Because it does feel like he's, like, sticking his heel on you at that point. Yeah, call me Coach Davis. Why? If Andy had said to me, call me Coach Kennedy, I would have said, are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> why? And I know fans don't get that because they see the coach out. They're like, hey, coach. Yeah, no, I, I know. But we have a professional relationship. I mean – I mean, it's – I mean, I would call Andy Andy or AK. Yeah, sure. But I'm not calling him coach. And I think if I called – if I were to say to Andy in a, in a professional setting, hey, Coach Kennedy, I think he'd make fun of me. Yeah, he too. Like, I think Kermit would look at me like, what is wrong with you? Well, the, the funniest part of that is then Dion's like, I want to be treated like Nick. And it's like – Every media member in the world calls him Nick. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cecil Hurt doesn't say, hey, Coach Saban. I mean, I'm sure Nick. some do. And there are some that do, but but not not the good ones. Yeah. At no point did, does Nick give two craps that somebody calls him Nick at a press conference. Well, I mean, I'll give you an example, Chase. In 2011, when I was doing that big Kirby Smart story, I was in Starkville, and Alabama had just beaten Mississippi State. And I, I'd asked to speak to Nick Saban about Kirby Smart. And I, I waited for uh, Saban to finish all of his media stuff. And when he did, I'd waited for him to finish his, you know, post-game TV thingy that he did. And then he came over to me, standing there on the field there at Davis Wade. Is it Davis Wade? It is, yeah. He came over to me on the field and I said – Hey, Nick, thank you for the time. I, I appreciate you making a couple of minutes for me. I mean, it was, it was, it was no, nobody, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I was, hey, I was respectful, but his name's Nick, and I'm an adult. You know, if you're one of his players, you call him Coach Saban. There's probably, I mean, it doesn't even, I guess it doesn't even register. I'm sure people say coach whatever in every press conference from time to time, but I just, I, I, I don't know. It, I mean, if you saw Ed Orgeron today, would you call him Coach O or would you call him Ed? You would call him Ed, but like, and I think you would just call him O. Like, I think I used to call him O. I don't even think we'd say Ed or anything else. I think we just said O all the time. Yeah. He didn't give me whatever. I mean, he, he. Ed couldn't decide if he liked us or hated us or anything else at that point. He changed his mind every, like, eight minutes. Well, I, an example was – we were having this conversation today. We were waiting for Corral because Corral got held up by an interview, so he was late getting to us. Yolette McPhee McEwen. Mm -hmm. Everyone calls her Coach Yo. I wouldn't and don't. So I would call her Yolette, and I think she would prefer me call her Coach Yo, but she's not my coach. Mm-hmm. And – and so then maybe there's a maybe there's a happy medium of I'll call you yo, but that feels like a effect, a term of affection, and I want to be careful there. I mean, you know, coach coach O, coach yo, whatever. 
it's like it's even a little different, I guess, because they have like a nickname. You know what I mean? Like it's almost kind of an AK kind of thing. So if you did it, to me, that's not like as bad on the spectrum as like Coach Freeze, Coach Nut, Coach whatever. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, can you imagine calling Houston Nut a hey, Coach Nut? No, not in a gazillion years. I don't know. I think saying Coach Freeze would freak me out worse. And there were people that would do it, and I would just – oh, I just put my head down. Like, Well, it's name. usually the guy who, like, raises his head. It's either, like, the donor that's in the room asking questions and we're not really yeah. sure why, or the guy who's been, like, really getting the nerve up to raise the hand. Yeah. Coach Freeze, Coach Freeze, over here. Can you talk about the tight end? Thanks. Thank you. Coach Coach Freeze, um, um, uh, could you just talk about how big of a win it was? Like Nick Saban's call-in show for anybody who's curious. That's it's kind yeah. of. Like, <laughs> and then, <laughs> kind of last thing today. I told I told Sus though. I'm like, man, you're you're gonna end up like on the Dan Patrick show because of this. Because it's gonna because it's Deion Sanders. It's gonna end up taking on a life of its own. Well, there's probably truth to that. Yeah. And he could be on PTI tomorrow for all I know. Yeah. That's still a show. Um I think so. Yeah, yeah, with Will Bond and those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Kornheiser. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Am I correct? Look, everybody's bashing it, and I get it. And look, it's a big deal to just make it no matter what the number is. But I read Dabo's thing today, watched the video. He's not wrong. Every time we talk about the playoff in any context at all, we're talking about the playoff in the context of making the playoff and can you get in. Nobody's talking about – I mean, you get the 08 Ole Miss team we want to brag about or you want to get this or whatever. But in most seasons – the 11 or 12 seed doesn't have a shot in hell of actually winning the thing. I mean, oh. Dabo's not wrong here. No, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But it's not about the integrity of the sport. It's about the TV money. Well, yeah, of course. And so as long as we're all transparent about that, okay. Yeah. It's the networks know that – the way that the bowl thing is going, bowls are going to become obsolete. And if bowls become obsolete, people might not watch as much, which is make it harder to sell advertising. The, bowl, the, 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 the TV people know that a wild card playoff weekend, five versus 12, you can market that game. Of course. You can't market five versus 12 in the – Peach Bowl when the top players for five and a couple of the top players for 12 opt out. Mm -hmm. Now you get marketable games. Marketable games are easier to sell because the ratings are going to be better. You're going to make more money. The TV contracts are bigger. It just, that's, let's just call it what it is and quit talking about it being a, about college football crowning a champion and be honest about, hey, we're creating more meaningful games for more meaningful money. And fans are completely cool with that. Well, yeah. I mean, do you want to go see a five versus 12 playoff game or do you want to go see a outback bowl that's played with a lot of opt-outs? Yeah, I know. Yes, the outback bowl, if you were an Ole Miss fan last year, was awesome. 
Yes. But let's be real for a minute. If you were just my friend in Dubuque, was it awesome? Or was it just the game on while you woke up from the hangover from the night before? I think it was the game that was just on. Northwestern and Auburn played last year in a capital, was it, which capital one or? I think that's right. Were you watching that, Chase? No. Neither was my friend in Dubuque. I might have flipped it on, but no. But if that had been Auburn as the five seed versus 12th seed Northwestern, are you watching? You're watching. You watch the NFL wildcard round. Those teams usually don't make the Super Bowl. You watch, because we talk about it on this podcast every year, like, ooh, here comes the wildcard round. Mm -hmm. Put a playoff in front of it. It's a playoff game. And obviously in the NFL, the wildcard teams have a better chance of winning the whole thing. But sure, but they don't typically. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, the teams, you spend the whole year going, we really want to be the one or the two because we want to get the bye and blah, blah, blah. And, and those teams typically make it. Yeah. Lane got out of his suit before he even got back to Oxford. See in the photo from when he got back to the house and he's wearing a, a real tree camo blue shirt and what appears to be almost like swim trunks. Maybe he's going swimming. Maybe so. Corral and Jalen are still in their suits with the ties tied. I mean, it's not a very long flight from Birmingham. It didn't take very long to get home. That's like up and down. Oh, you're not even getting – yeah, you're just kind of hopping over. It's just kind of an arc. Looks yeah. like the St. Louis Arch. Yeah, I mean, it's what it's, mm, yeah. I mean, what did it take you, to 2.45? To drive it, yeah. Yeah. 35 minutes in the air, maybe? Probably. But everybody does fly in. Oh, sure. It's like they're, already back, they're already back in Oxford, aren't they? Yes, yeah, I'm saying that was in the tar that was on the tarmac in Oxford. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. They hell, they've been they've been back. That was at seven oh five is when Lane tweeted it. Maybe he was going to Pilates. Maybe so. I don't know. I can't tell what kind of hat he's got on, but he's hanging out. Whatever. I don't guess he went to the mall and had some Sabaro or something like that on the way all the way back to the house. I think it's safe to say that I can tell you based on the conversation that we had about diet, he did not have Sabaro. Well, it was one of my, what, like one, you know, one of the best pictures ever from media day is when Spurrier's at like the steak and shake or wherever after he gets to a media day and he's go to Arby's. Yeah. He's like filling up his soft drink at the machine and he's like undone his tie and he's got the rest of his suit on, but he's undone the tie. It's like hanging around his neck and he's got sunglasses on and he like, the guy's taking his photo and he just looks over at him and like gives him a thumbs up while he's filling his drink up at Arby's or whatever. I will give credit to Beamer. They found an Arby's on Monday and went there after media day. Did they really? Yeah. Okay. Like I mean, an, a, a shout out to Spurrier. I mean, look, they're going to lose, so they might as well be entertaining. It's yeah, fun. have some fun. Sure. Let's, let's, we're going to feel stupid when they go nine and three this year. Well, that would be an upset. If that happens, he's he's national coach of the year. I think so. Kudos to him. Yeah, because they're kind of going to suck, aren't they? Like talent wise. Yeah, they could be four and eight easy. So, last thing I saw this, um, I guess he's putting his 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 mail bag. He doesn't, and I haven't seen it yet. Andy Staples, did you see the tweet about the guy from the UK? No. All right. So, who who would be your team for him here? Here's the stipulation. Here's the letter. 
this is what I guess Andy's putting in Dear Andy this week. He says, uh, I live in the UK and I have followed college football on and off for 15 years, but I still don't root for a team. It's about time I change that. My needs are, number one, energetic fan base, good TB aesthetics be, being no domes, like basically where they play, what it looks like, whatever. Okay. And three, stylish uniforms. Ooh. He doesn't care about recent success, scheme play or style, or the conference. Okay. Bonus points for a state with no pro teams in any of the big four sports. Ooh. Ole Miss is really high on this list. Yeah, Ole Miss. Because Mississippi has none of the four. No, great uniforms. And on TV all the time. Yeah, and and very and, and good TV aesthetics. Who else is on that list? <sighs> I mean, like Iowa, Iowa State. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're all in here. West Virginia. Yeah, they're not on TV that much, though. Big 12 is just so obscure. South Carolina. Yeah, great fan base. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh. It's a really good one. What, did, what was Andy's answer? Well, he, he's writing about it in his weekly thing. He just put it on Twitter for suggestions. Oh, okay. He hasn't, he hasn't answered yet. But he did say he has, he, has, he has one in mind that he's pretty sure he's going to. Yeah, I'm trying to think like Big Ten teams even, and most of them have pro, pro teams around. Yeah, that's the problem there. And then SEC, I mean – Alabama's got a passionate fan base. They're on TV all the time. Yeah, sure. Aesthetics are good. Sure. No pro team. Yeah. So Auburn would qualify, Alabama, Ole Miss. Yeah. Iowa, Iowa State. Oklahoma? That's actually – Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are really good ones, yeah. I'm having a hard time coming up with much more. I'm sure there's something obvious that I'm missing, but that's what. I mean, that's kind of the purpose of people tell us. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's got tons of responses, obviously. They're mostly saying what we're talking about Ole Miss, Iowa, Iowa State, Alabama. Yeah. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon, Oregon, oh, Oregon for sure. uniforms. Mm-hmm. If they're on enough, Louisville. Yeah, but they're not on enough. Yeah, because you still live over there and got to be able to see. Yeah, you got to. You got. It's got to be a team that's on TV all the time. That's, the SEC teams make tons of sense. I mean, if you want to watch Auburn every week, for example, you can. Yeah, no, it makes no sense for Andy to go, oh, well, Boise State. I mean, no, okay. no, no, because you wouldn't be able to watch him but like once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. If you decided in London that you wanted to be a Tennessee fan, for example, you could watch at least 11, probably 12 games. Mm-hmm. A lot of non-SEC or especially non-Ole Miss people are saying Ole Miss in the thread. 
Ole Miss makes a ton. They meet every criteria. Ole Miss, Oregon, Iowa getting tons of votes. Nebraska yeah. getting a lot of votes. Oh, that makes sense. Nebraska would be good. Yeah. Iowa State getting a lot of votes. Yeah. Virginia Tech. Yeah. ACC. ACC is just so boring. They have no identity. They do nothing for me. No. I mean, no, it's it's, – Ole Miss would be on the list of five or six for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially with Kiffin and the offense and stuff, they would be like if you were just, hey, I'm going to adopt the team and I'm going to cheer for them every Saturday, but I really don't give a shit. That'd be perfect. Oh, no. Yeah. I agree. It'd be Ole Miss. Because if you went with Alabama or, or, or if you go with Alabama or you go with Oklahoma, it's kind of like someone here picking. You're too bandwagoned. Yeah. Uh, you're picking Manchester United. It's, it's why you can't pick Clemson. Yeah, you're picking an easy team to pick. Oh, well, they win, so I'm going with them. Which is, you know, I mean, credit to Alabama and Oklahoma. And by the way, I don't blame Saban whatsoever today for using the whole Bryce Young thing as a recruiting t- tool. He would be stupid not to. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it'd be Ole Miss – Iowa State, Iowa, Oregon. Problem with Oregon is Pac-12 football can be really bad. I guess time difference, no huge deal either way. I was trying to no, think. No, I like – Ole Miss or Oregon? Mm-hmm. I mean, Ole Miss or Iowa? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. You uh, hanging out again tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to try to get some podcast interviews tomorrow and help us for the rest of the week. That's kind of my goal. Okay. I've already, I'm already halfway through 10 thoughts for Sunday, so I'm, I'm pretty pleased with myself. Okay. Well, that wraps up today. Wraps up Ole Miss's appearance at SEC Media Days there in Hoover. Again, they're already back home, and we'll wait two weeks. Then we'll start the football season with uh, fall camp after that. So more podcasts coming to you as the week moves on. Hope you've had a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.